0: Hello and welcome to Success in the Single Parent. My name is Angela Graves. This podcast is intended to inspire, motivate, and educate single parents, both men and women, by sharing my journey and what I learned about being a single parent. You're listening to episode three. In this episode, I want to share with you my journey through dating and sex as a single parent. As single parents, the decisions we make about our own personal relationships can be fulfilling, rewarding, and set us up for something wonderful down the road. But these choices also affect our children. Being a single parent means essentially that we are not in a relationship with our children's other parent. We previously talked about reasons why we became single parents, but I wanna spend some time talking about my experience of not being in a relationship. So, there was a period of time between the time my son's father and I split and the time my daughter's father and I got together. During that time, I was very busy working, trying to maintain a household, and being a single mom to my son, and all that entails. You know, preparing meals, giving baths, buying clothes, school, doctor visits, karate, little league, soccer, you name it, we did it. But at the end of the day, after my son had gone to bed, all the toys had been picked up, the dishes were washed in the dishwasher, homework was done for the adult education class I was taking, and I finally had some me time. Then came the loneliness. You know, relationships are important. We all need healthy and positive relationships. And some of us, like myself, desire a more personal relationship, like the one I initially had with my daughter's father. And I don't just mean sex, I mean companionship, like enjoying things that he likes, like motorcycle rides in the country, enjoying the things I like, like museums and history, enjoying the things we like together, like relaxing in the sun, or just taking a long drive while listening to music. It's having those adult conversations about men and women, politics, sports, the latest trends, TV shows, news, our views on life, our spirituality, our happy moments, our hurts, our sorrows, and our regrets. You know, the deep stuff. The kind of relationship where you can be you. No faking, no fronting. That relationship where you can be vulnerable with that person and they can be vulnerable with you. No judgment, no unsolicited advice, just understanding or at least, at the very least, just listening. But where I made one of my biggest mistakes after initially becoming a single parent is that I responded to attention, even if that attention didn't have my or my child's best interest behind it. I was lonely. I was looking to fill that void that couldn't be filled with housework, school, career, or any of the other things that my son and I were doing in our busy day. What I learned is that the void was a disconnect with my spirit. Yes, I said my spirit. We all have a spirit whether we make that connection through faith or not, we still have it. Now don't hit the stop button yet, hear me out. Dating and sex as a single parent was a discovery process that I had to go through and maybe some of you will have to go through the same thing. So let's keep going. We've all got a body. And you know what that is, our head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and so on, right? It's the physical part of our being human that grows up, grows old, and eventually dies. Then there is our soul. The soul is what's deep in our minds, that part of us that makes us unique, even if you're an identical twin. It's our distinctive personality, our emotions, our mannerisms, our behaviors, our will and our humanity. It's all of the things that makes us distinguishable from the next person. I believe it's the part of us that lives on when our bodies cease to exist. And then there's our spirit. Our spirit is at the core of who we are. It's that part of us that connects with greatness, fulfillment of our talents and potential, or who we were meant to be. Our spirit helps comforts, teaches, counsels, and reminds us about truth, power, and wisdom. When we are weak or when we simply don't know what to do, what to say, or even what to think. It's that idea that pops into your mind. It's when the words that previously weren't there suddenly start flowing. You know, those moments when you say to yourself, did I just say that? It's thoughts that are renewed from hopelessness to I can do all things. That's your spirit. Like I said, body, soul, and spirit. We all have to eat, breathe, and move. That's our body. We're born with it, we take care of it, or we don't take care of it. It gets old and then it eventually goes away. Our soul is our mental being, our character, how we feel about things, how people describe us outside of our physical characteristics. And then there's our spirit. It's the love, the joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that lives on the inside of us. We just have to tap into it. For Christians like me, tapping into that greatness and fulfillment can only be found through a connection with God. You see, I believe there's no one greater than God. And so the only way I'm going to find fulfillment, the only way I'm going to realize my true potential, my true purpose, and find my true mate is to follow Jesus Christ. Success for me was realizing that I was trying to feel that disconnect with attention from men. But what I should have been doing, what I'm doing now, is tapping into my spirit and discovering my true purpose. Once I made that connection, Once I began to renew myself from the inside out, once I started pursuing who I was meant to be, in my case, who God has called me to be, then the loneliness gap got smaller and the fulfillment in my spirit grew larger. And not just from the attention of men, because that grew larger too. You see, people are attracted to people who know their worth and who love and respect themselves. I took a step back and asked myself, what attracted me to my kids' fathers? I remember my son's father was so confident in who he was and who he wanted, what he wanted to do. He had his own business. He had aspirations in the music industry. He loved sports, particularly basketball. He cared about his family. On the other hand, my daughter's father was very patient. He was gentle. He could talk to anyone, on any level, about practically any subject. He didn't know a stranger, and most called him friend. These were the things that attracted me to them, inspired a relationship, and ultimately resulted in my children. So why on earth would I try to fill that void with a person who didn't have my or my children's best interest at heart? First of all, we're all human. I mean, I have desires, including sex. That is not necessarily wrong, but it needs to be responded to in an appropriate manner, especially because I know that my children are impacted by my choices. So rather than just giving in to those desires, I needed to understand who I am first, get healing, let go of any emotional baggage from previous relationships, and set myself up for a meaningful relationship that included my children. I needed to take the time and ask myself, who am I and what do I truly value in a mate? That meant a lot of soul searching. What did I think about men, women, and relationships? What were my grounding principles? In other words, what did my faith tell me was right and wrong about relationships? What did I believe? So I asked myself a series of questions to better understand who I was and did that align with who I wanted to be or did that align with my purpose? If it didn't, I needed to make some adjustments. Now bear with me, I know we are talking about dating and sex but part of that was finding out who I was and what I really wanted. Well, after some serious soul searching, I found that success for me meant letting go of some faulty thinking about relationships, getting rid of that emotional baggage. It also meant letting go of some people who didn't have my best interest at heart, and not just the men I was dating, I had to let go of some of my friends and family. How did I know they didn't have my best interest at heart? Well, they never respected or supported my decisions. You don't have to agree with the person. Remember, we are all unique and individual, and as long as I wasn't doing anything detrimental or harmful to myself or my children, I would expect that even if the person didn't agree with my decision, they would at least respect my decisions. Another way I knew they didn't have my best interest at heart is that they did or said things harmful or detrimental to me and my kids. When people don't treat you the way they expect you to treat them, and they want you to treat them better than they treat you, they probably don't have your best interest at heart. I was buying into the faulty thinking that said, if somebody's helping you, giving you money, buying you things, doing nice things for you, they can treat you any way they want. Well, my faith tells me that people should lift each other up, not tear each other down. If what others say is not true, is not necessary, is not kind. I needed to let them go. Now, I know with family, that's a little different. It can be really tough. So I didn't completely cancel them, but I certainly said no to many offers and limited my and my kids' contact with them. Remember, I'm trying to set myself up for a meaningful relationship. If I allow people in my life that don't respect me or don't have my best interest at heart? How in the world can I expect my future mate to respect me or have my best interest at heart? Next, my soul searching revealed that success for me meant that I needed to rethink who I sought relationship advice from. I mean, I was seeking advice from people who either didn't have my best interest at heart, who didn't value, love, or respect themselves, or who weren't even involved in a happy, monogamous, and healthy relationship themselves. It's no wonder I had such struggles with relationships. But I have to say that in this process, I learned I needed to take my time in getting to know a potential mate. No more of this. We meet. We're physically attracted to each other. We become intimate. Then we try to get to know each other, find out that we're not right for each other, And then somebody in the relationship cheats or some other deal breaker, we break up, and then one or both of us gets left feeling rejected and used. I mean, come on folks, it's been tried and true, it doesn't work. So why do we keep doing it, thinking that this mating cycle would be different for us? I learned that success for me is looking past the superficial. Obviously, there are reasons I am attracted to this person, but then I needed to go deeper before I even announce to my kids that I'm considering this person as a potential mate, or especially before I allow myself to get intimate with this person. Now, I know the before I allow myself to get intimate part can be difficult. The fact is, we are sexual creatures, and if you're a single parent, you have more than likely had sex. Folks, I will be extremely open but very brief. Sex is not something you can do one day and then turn around the next day and say, I'm never going to do that again. Well, maybe under certain circumstances. But in general, once you've been in a physical relationship, it's difficult to abstain. I mean, that's how we're made, with the instinct to procreate. So what I learned is that prayer, exercise, and doing an activity that I enjoyed doing Obviously, other than sex, it is a great way to curb the urge. For me, I found the most success in this area with prayer. But I also found exercise, especially aerobic exercise, running, jogging, speed walking, etc., and the distraction of doing something that I really enjoyed doing was also effective. Just as a side note, as a Christian, self-gratification, i.e. masturbation, is not an option period but a good run or jog around the block popping in that exercise blu-ray or streaming that exercise video hanging out with my friends or working on a hobby are also excellent ways to remove that temptation with that out of the way i need to spend some time with this potential mate and discover do we share the same faith what are his feelings about children What are his goals? How well does he communicate? What does he do for a living? Has he displayed any abusive behavior? How does he feel about himself? How does he express his feelings for me? Is he healthy? Are there any physical or mental limitations that could affect our relationship? Is he financially responsible? And so on. As I learned more about me, what I was allowing into my life, and the questions that I wasn't asking up front, it became clear to me why I had such dysfunctional relationships and why my children might have similar relationships in their future. It's been a real eye-opener for me, and I am praying that as I come to know myself even more, my worth, and what's a deal breaker for me, I will be able to better identify that lifelong mate. And my hope is that my children will see that process and hopefully make similar decisions for their future relationships. Remember, they take their cues from us, positive and negative. So I have to be very careful in my dating process. I might have to spend time with and get to know several potential mates, uh, not at the same time, (laughs) before I meet the right one. And so it's important that I take the time to get to know and can foresee a future with that person before I introduce them to my kids as a potential mate. Just as I would vet any caregiver of my children, I need to vet potential mates because this person is going to be spending time with my children and I want my children to feel safe around them and eventually loved by this person. I also don't want to create a pattern of men in and out of my life. Kids internalize what we do more than we say, especially if what we do conflicts with what we say. For example, I might say, smoking is bad for you, but then light up a cigarette. The message I sent was, yes, smoking is bad for you, but it's okay to do it anyway. That's not the message that I want to send to my children, particularly about relationships. Remember that whole unhealthy relationship cycle first attraction, intimacy, then get to know each other, figure out it's not a good fit, deal breaker happens, break up, left feeling rejected, used, and lonely again. I've said it before, and folks, this is from experience, and I'm willing to guess some of you have experienced it too. It doesn't work. So, why on earth would I teach my children? intentionally or unintentionally, to follow that same hopeless cycle. Unfortunately, my children didn't get the benefit of witnessing a happy, healthy, monogamous relationship between me and their fathers. They were so young that they honestly don't have a good recollection of what our relationships were like. I'm sure they remember some events that happened, but they don't really remember the dynamic between me and their fathers. And sadly, our situation wasn't unique within the group of people that I called my village. Yes, my village included married couples, but my kids were mostly exposed to the single parents in my village as opposed to the married parents in my village. Let me be clear, they did get exposure to married couples, but most of the kids their age that they spent time with came from single parent homes but that doesn't mean that as a single parent I can't teach my kids how to develop good relationships I get it at one point I didn't know and didn't always set the best example for them but that was then and this is now and it's not too late to help them and guide them into healthy relationships as a matter of fact It's never too late to help and guide your children into healthy relationships. You never stop being their parent. You never stop being that mentor, and you never stop being that example. Success for me is being intentional about what I do around my kids, regardless of their age. That's not to say that I can't be my authentic self around my kids. That also doesn't mean that I can't make mistakes around my kids. But why not show my kids my efforts at being the best that I can be so when my children see the things that I am doing and believe me, they are watching, they will see a person who loves and respects themselves, who loves and respects others, who knows who I am, what I value, what I am unwilling to compromise, and the things that are most important to me. Those are the cues that I want to send to my kids. What cues are you sending to your kids? Thank you for listening to this episode of Success in the Single Parent. I have enjoyed sharing with you my journey through dating and sex as a single parent. Please subscribe to the podcast, invite other parents to listen in, And tune in next time when I will share with you my journey through self-care and self-esteem. Till next time, much success to you on your single parent journey.